0: Welcome to Inside the Markets with John McCloud. Each program, we will bring you insights from top leaders in business, real estate, politics, and more, with the hope that experiences will provide you with the knowledge and understanding to help make your path to success a smooth one. All right, welcome back to another edition of Inside Leadership. Today's guest is Monica Reynolds. Monica is an executive coach here with Keller Williams, and she's got a really, really diverse career in the coaching and training world. So before we get into our typical questions, Monica, tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been in the business for, and and a little bit about your training background.
1: Got it. So I got in real estate when dinosaurs were walking around, okay? And we so there were we had cars, but we didn't have fax machines. We didn't have uh, internet. We didn't have computers. None of that was happening. We didn't even have cell phones, right? So when I got into real estate, what I loved about it, though, John, can you imagine that the buyers and sellers—the only way they could find out what was for sale was to call their agent? So <laughs> those were the good old days. And somebody say, what's the biggest significant change? And I said, you know, it was the fax machine in a way, because when we could then fax those offers back and forth really quickly versus well, let me drive it over to the office. And then I got to wait for the agent to come into the office and get it. And then you got to drive it over to the seller. Then I got to bring it back and drive it back to the agent. I mean, there was a lot of back and forth that were was by hand.
0: Right. yeah.
1: yeah. So, so, you know, things have changed dramatically. So. Sold real estate, um, did extremely well. Started in North Dakota, then went to California. The average sales price in, in North Dakota was around 60000 for me. And then I moved out to California and it was like, wow, this is great. Because the average sales price there was like three hundred. So um, in the early 90s, I was doing over 300 transactions a year with a partner. And we had four assistants and I had four, we called them telemarketers at the time. And then I got into coaching with the Mike Ferry organization was probably one of two top coaches there. I had all of the elite clients, as we like to call them at the time, and uh, built a career doing that. But I was still selling real estate here and there. Eventually, I ended up working with Chris Heller, coached him for seven years. He had me come and run his team. That was seventh level. And he basically netted about a million dollars a year. And yet he was seventh level, hands off, wasn't there in the office. So we had a great foundation that we built for doing that. And I was taking 200 listings a year. Oh, 175 appointments. We were doing, you know, a lot of transactions, but I was going on 200 appointments. I was taking 175. So I did that for several years. And then I got an opportunity to coach with Keller Williams and I I got an opportunity to be the VP of MAPS, and I did that for three years. I told Gary I would come in for three years. I would do everything I could to make the value proposition great for clients never to leave and for coaches never to want to leave. There would never be a better opportunity for them. So, and I chose three years because I'm 73 and I've had a long, great, successful career, and I only want to do things I'm passionate about at this age. And I knew that I could give it full tilt for three years and it was time for new leadership. So I stepped back this summer.
0: Excellent. And it's interesting because one of the things I know about you is you are absolutely extremely passionate about and probably the most knowledgeable person I've met about building leverage inside your business. And frankly, when you're going on one listing appointment a day, five days a week, uh, leverage is ridiculously important. Uh, is, is that what got you started into building your programs for building up uh, efficient systems and syst- and models yeah. and assistance?
1: You know, it's a funny story. So I was married at the time that I got into real estate and I only got into real estate because I didn't want to be a school teacher anymore. I, because the guy that was showing us houses, I knew more about real estate than he did. I knew who bought that. I knew this. I thought, well, I'm going to connect the dots here. I'm going to be a salesperson, right? So when I got into real estate, um, I was married. And then ultimately, I got divorced. And one of the reasons was I was spread too thin, trying to keep all the plates in the air in a marriage. Um, The kids survived through all this, which, which is the great news. And yet, I knew that I had to hire. At some point, I went out to dinner. Um, with a good friend of mine, and he and his wife, he was a bank president. And in 1984, he felt bad. He was taking me out to dinner because I was getting divorced. We had a brand new house and I needed a mortgage on it. In 84, single women could not get a mortgage without a co-signer And I was making $300,000 a year in the early 80s, and I could not get a mortgage. And I'm making more money than the bank president. Anyway, he took me out and he goes, You know, You can do so much more. I know how hard you work. You're day and night, day and night, seven days a week. And I go, yeah, I got three kids to feed. And he goes, okay, well, why don't you hire someone? And I go, I'm not going to have another mouth to feed. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Right? I mean, I'm doing all I can with the three I got. And he goes, no, you need to do it. And I thought, okay. And he he really convinced me to do it because he said, you have $3,000. And I said, yes. And he goes, well, you're not going to pay that person probably. This is the early 80s, right? And I said, yeah, probably not. So I thought, okay, I'm going to hire this person with one month and then I'm going to fire them because I know it's not going to work. Right. Well, I went from the first year keeping that assistant. I went from 65 transactions to 120. And so I leveraged everything to her. So I always tell anyone in real estate, you're a salesperson. You're not good. You could be good at paperwork, but that's a no-no. You know, get away from everything else. If you're not talking to a client, you're not lead generating, you're not lead following up, you're not making any money. So I knew how to leverage that. And I hate paperwork. I am not good at it. (laughs) Sales drive me crazy. You know, a high D, we cut every corner we can, even on contracts. So, you know, that was not a good place for me to be. So when I hired her, my life changed, but more importantly, the client's life changed because... They were getting updates on a regular basis instead of me on the fly trying to talk to them.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, I really hope the agents that are listening to this are catching on to this particular part of the conversation because you can't do it all. You can't be a jack of all trades. And (laughs) if you don't like doing something, you're not going to do it.
1: Right. And then so in the early 90s, I wrote a book on assistance. I wrote two books on assistance and teams, and they're still on Amazon. Do not buy those. Do not buy those. There's good basics, but you don't need to, they're still there. And what I want you to hear though, is that there's a lot of good basics about it. When I wrote those books, John, um, the Cowell Banker office at the time said to me, we can't take the liability of you having an unlicensed assistant. It's time she was unlicensed in the office. And I'm doing more business than all the agents collectively. So like good agents do sometimes and you leave in the middle of the night. I said, well, that's it for me because I'm taking that assistant. And I went and started my own company with about four guys.
0: Excellent. So what's one of the best investments that you've ever made, whether it's time, money, human capital, so forth?
1: You know, I think the best investment is when you look at your budget and you hire the leverage that you need because that allows you to get passionate about what you're really great at. I'm great at selling. I'm great at negotiating. I'm great at finding the right house for the right person or getting the seller exactly what they want in the time they want. And so I think that if you're in real estate, you really got to figure out who that leverage is. And then frankly, I try to leverage everything I possibly can in my world. You You know, I say to people, when you think about you you go to the bathroom and you eat. You can't leverage that. But I can leverage a lot of other stuff. So what am I not leveraging? So, you know, it's it's like one time I helped a an agent who was, you know, drowning. And I said, well, let's start with something basic. She had three kids and a husband and he was working hard. I said, do you have a housekeeper? She goes, no. And I go, well, get one. Oh, once a week. And I go, no, not with that family. You get one twice a week. Have them come in three hours, four hours each. Changed her world not to have to worry about her house and the laundry. Changed her world. So it can be that simple. So what is holding you back from living a joyful life? Not not cleaning my house is not joyful for me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, right before you said that, that was the first leverage point that came to mind is get get help around the house. Amazon yeah. has become an amazing leverage point for people. Ran out of this, boom, hit a button, it shows up tomorrow, doesn't cost any more. Leverage is amazing and it's everywhere. Thank you for and, sharing that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And Amazon's a good example of getting something done very quickly. And sometimes you well, if I go to the store, I could save five bucks. No, not really. Because then you go to the store, you buy more, right? So there's that trade-off. So So I would say to anyone is just think about some of the things, how you can buy time back. You can't buy time, but you can get time. And so not going to the grocery store, not driving there, just think about, and then where do you fill that with joy? What are you passionate about? What do you need to do that you're not doing?
0: Excellent. So what's one quirk or odd thing about you that others may not know? Hmm.
1: Gosh, these questions are so good. I think the quirkiest thing for what is it's worth, that, Monica,
0: I've got a pretty good teacher on asking good <laughs> questions.
1: You know, the first thing that draws to mind is that I got a lot of dead people stuff. <laughs> so, so, so okay. my parents died young, my grandparents died young. And so it's like, I got this stuff and I got this stuff. And so Right now you're in my office here and it's a uh, totally different than, you know, so I've got a lot of antiques, but I'm really a contemporary person. I'm a Frank Lloyd Wright student and yet I've got these antiques and I've got these old pictures around. It's like I carry around the di- So I love collections. I love history. I'm a history major from college. Um, I had a minor in French. Can't speak it. I can read it though. And so what I think is, you know, I, I love stuff I love travel every time I go someplace I collect one thing it could be a picture it could be a rug it could be art I've been to Marrakesh four times I never repeat countries but that that is a really fabulous place to go to so I always bring something back so I have
0: collections excellent so while we're still on that uh what is the your most outside of Marrakesh because you've been there four times what is your favorite destination you've ever been to
1: well, it's. I mean, it's going to be Marrakech, and then so the second favorite, the, the one...
0: second one. Let, let's say you have to go to one place again; <laughs> it's your only other trip you're going to take. Where is it going to be?
1: Well, I'd go back to England. I lived there. My dad was in the military. I went to 14 schools growing up. So we we lived five years in England. So I'm very um, comfortable there. It's like going home. I get okay. it, and so that would be the next place.
0: Awesome. So what habit do you have that most positively affects your life and your mindset?
1: I am a schedule freak, control monster on my schedule. I have my, where did it go? It was right here. I have, because I called you and I'm going, can we? So I, I have my planner with me at all times. Now, some of you, and I have a Google calendar. I got the digital thing going too, but I have my planner with me all the time. And I'm looking at that the night before. As an agent, I would look at it and I would put a dollar sign next to the activities that day. So I'm gluing down in my head my activities and what the results are. So if it's lead generation, lead follow-up, going on appointments, writing contracts, and role playing, those would have a dollar sign. And then I I, you know, I'm a D, I'm a triple D, but my I comes out, my C's really strong, but my I comes out every now and then. So when I look at my Schedule, I like to see where I have a heart. And so a heart is where I've talked to a family member or checked in on a grandchild or something like that, right? And then if I have a face emoji with a smile on it, that was me time. So working out, going for a walk with the dogs, me time, going out for dinner with a friend and scheduling it, that's me time. And then spiritually, I have a cross, making sure I did my daily prayer. Thankful for everything around, being gracious, that sort of thing. So so my calendar has all of those things. Now, going to the car wash and getting my car detailed, you know, that doesn't have anything, right? Because that's not making me any money. That's not doing anything for me. But I have those activities. I have to go to the dentist once a quarter, whatever. So those, those don't get those. So I look at, do I have a heart? Do I have a smiley face? Am I taking care of myself? Where are my dollar signs? For gosh sakes, I need at least so going on an appointment is a dollar sign.
0: So I, I love I'm, this. Were you able to put one of your uh, markers, at least one of each category, on your calendar every day? Supposed to, <laughs> this, this,
1: <laughs> right?
0: This, this is, this okay, is okay. Well, wait, I got another
1: you. one for you. All right, how about the heart emoji? The heart emoji was I had to say something nice to people on my team. Because as a high D, I would forget to say, John, great to see you this morning. Especially if I knew your personality was a high I. What's going on? How can I help you? So sometimes a high producer doing a lot of transactions or not even doing a lot of transactions, you're just a producer. You sometimes as a high D are not aware of people and surroundings and feelings because you're moving so fast, you're, you're rude and patient, whatever, right?
0: Yeah, I, I get that quite a bit. Ask my wife.
1: Okay. (laughs) So you need to start putting a heart emoji, maybe for your wife. wife So you say something nice or recognize, Hey, honey, that was great dinner. Love how you did that. You know, the recognition people need is a heart emoji. And I learned a long time ago that if I didn't slow down and recognize the people that were lifting me up, then I was going to be in trouble for our relationship.
0: So this is a, uh, like I said, this is a big aha for me. So it was dollar signs, heart, smiley face, and a cross. Mm -hmm. Those are the four topics that you made sure that you checked off every single day as excellent. Now, Monica, on the flip side of this, what bad advice do you most often hear in our industry?
1: Uh, You know, I think the negativity can get everybody down. And so I refuse to have anyone say anything negative about anyone like, oh, this guy on this contract, he's a knucklehead or this agent. So we didn't have any negativity. If you did, we put a stop to it pretty quick. You had to put $20 in the jar. And in that jar, then we'd go out for happy hour on you or whoever, right? So there's the, I think the biggest challenge is negativity. And I look at going into the shift as an extreme opportunity, extreme opportunity. There will be so many agents that get stuck sitting on the couch. And this is your time to thrive, not survive, but thrive in a shifting market. Reach out to your clients, tell them you care. How can you help them? I I was selling real estate, John, when interest rates were 17 and a half percent. It did pretty well. It did over 60 transactions that year, still being new without an assistant.
0: You mean people buy houses when interest rates don't begin with a three?
1: Yeah. You know, it's, (laughs) yes. And they sell. They have to sell. They have to buy. And technically, those are the people you should be looking for anyway, instead of trying to say, I'm going to help them decide or talk them into it. When they have to buy, you don't have to talk them into it. They're ready to buy. People are still buying at six and seven percent. Mm-hmm. And I come from a world of double digits. I'm still going, hey, it's free. It's free money out there. Go for it. And then, of course, they can always refi. The bottom line is just the positivity, especially if you're in sales. You have to be positive. You have to know that some days you walk into the office and I've got a black cloud and just had a terrible transaction, go south or whatever. And it's like, bah. But I walk into that office, it's showtime. It's friendly. I'm happy because that is contagious instead of saying, oh, the market's really slow. I would never allow anyone to say that. I'd say, hey, the market's interesting. We've got opportunities. Let's reach out to people and see what's going on and see if we can answer questions about real estate. Whole different mind shift, right?
0: Love it love it so what book or books do you most often recommend and why
1: uh just recently jeb blunt fanatical prospecting i helped hire him for fall mastermind He was my suggestion that i pushed through i think that's a great book um obviously i'm going to state the mrea and the shift book the one thing those are absolutely the best i'm looking up here um, there's a great book that Gary Keller recommend called Pizza Tiger. That's a really cool book. And then the other one is Unlimited Power with Tony Robbins. Gary mentions that all the time. I've hired Tony. I know all about Tony. So that's a really great book just to get back to to, to basic positive stuff. And then I love Think and Grow Rich. I read that at least once a year. And every time I read it, I I, I read it differently. That makes sense.
0: It does. It does. And of all the books you've mentioned, I, I've read probably two thirds of them multiple times. And every time it's something different. Yeah. Because it, you're, it'll speak to wherever you are at that point in life.
1: Yeah. Your or brain business. is absorbing it differently
0: every time. Yep. So
1: I always say, you know, you have a brain, you know, that can take so much knowledge has so many file doors. And so you're constantly want to be feeding that. So when you ask them of the things that I do, I love seminars. I love webinars. I love going to events because I'm just looking for that one idea I never
0: thought of before. Just that one idea. So what do you do when you need to reset?
1: Oh, well, I have plenty of things I do to reset. You know, I love to travel. So I schedule. So um, Gary, I asked Gary Keller one time and he goes, gosh, nobody's ever asked me that question. I go, okay, well, then answer it. So one of the questions, the question I asked was, when you pull out your schedule, what is the first thing that you do? And he goes, I put my vacations in. So right now I've already booked for next year, a trip to South Africa and a trip to Italy. And I'm going to book two more. So at the where I am in my life, I'm going to travel four big trips next year. And so I'm booking out my vacations, the time off. And so I love to travel. Mo Anderson and I are travel buddies. We've traveled years together, just the two of us. We don't let anybody else go and we just go. And so we have a really great time. And so we, I love that. Um, I have a lake home. that's not too far from where I live in Austin. And then I have a beach house out in San Diego. Remember, I've been in real estate a long time. I've invested in real estate. I knew what I was doing. I lost a lot of money too, though. I lost my empire twice before I finally caught on how to not have a partner and not, not let anybody else have the books, but me looking at them.
0: How not to have a partner. That sounds like a discussion for another day. <laughs> it
1: does. Well, when you get into business with someone, you really have to understand who they are, what they're capable of doing, what they're not capable of doing and mm-hmm. how they handle money and the integrity that they bring to the table. I got bamboozled and, you know, lost a ton of money, but I, you know, I just pulled up my boots and went back to work and built it all over
0: again. Excellent. Monica, before we end, is there anything else you'd like to add?
1: No, I think that, you know, having a real estate career has absolutely enabled me to have a life by design, as they say, and to have the joy that I enjoy coaching and coaching new coaches and coaching clients. And nothing gives me more joy when they double their income or they're so excited that they took their family on a vacation and they had the money to pay for it and it wasn't a credit card, you know, vacation. So those kind of things just give me a lot of joy because I know what it takes to be a great agent. I know the passion you have and I know the level you have to play at. And it's not a seven days a week job when you have the right people with leverage and you have the right systems in place.
0: Absolutely love it. Monica, as always, I appreciate your time. We've been chatting with Monica Reynolds, Executive Coach, Maps Coaching with Keller Williams. Again, Monica, thank you very much. Been wonderful. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Inside the Markets with John McCloud. I hope you found this topic interesting. Each show, we will bring you intriguing and relevant commentary from the top experts here in our market. If you have suggestions for future topics or would like to be a guest on the show, please email me at johnmcleod at kw.com. That's J-O-N-M-C-L-E-O-D at kw.com.